Let's move into today's message. I'm going to be talking about a familiar, a familiar passage for some of you. For others of you, I think and, and, and I hope that by the end of today's message, you have grown in your understanding about God, and especially His heart and His love for you. And so, today's name is Emmanuel. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Emmanuel, which is very simply translated, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You may be sitting there and thinking, well, what's in a name? We live in a culture with some funny names, don't we? We live in a, <clears throat> a culture with some unique names, some unique titles. Well, when we approach Scripture, no name is by accident. Every name is intentional. And here's one way of understanding the nature of God. We use the name God quite commonly, don't we? You know, God made me do it. Like we can blame actions on... No, I'm teasing, but God made me do it. God said this. I sense this from God, which we encourage you to talk that way. Well, I, I use the name God so often, uh, daily. But God in our English language can be all sorts of different things. In the Hebrew Scriptures, and as well in the New Testament, names begin to be attributed unto God. And what the Scripture writers are doing is they're revealing a part of God's nature towards us. And so names come up throughout Scripture in different moments. And in each moment you see a name of God, I want you to begin to see it this way. It's God's invitation to you personally to know Him in that way. God doesn't have multiple personalities. He's not confused on His identity. He's one being. We understand Him to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. But think about yourself just for a moment. I think about myself, and I'm a son, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor. I fulfill different roles, and each of those roles has some different responsibilities. So it makes perfect sense in our understanding of God that we can lean into some of these names. And it Christmas time, especially in the Christmas series, I love looking at this year, looking at some of these different names, and not just abstractly or formally thinking about Emmanuel, God with us, because most of us have probably heard that before. My prayer is that by the end today, you will step into a greater level of knowing, not knowing here, but knowing here that God is with you. So, Let's read a few passages. They'll be coming up on the screens right out of Matthew chapter 1, the Gospel of Matthew. The New Testament begins with the story of Jesus. And Matthew is one of four Gospel accounts. And the author does something very strategic. If it's your first time to the New Testament, welcome. Hang around a bit. It's really good. <laughs> but Matthew chapter 1 begins with a, really an Ancestry.com moment. It's genealogy after genealogy after genealogy, but Matthew's doing something strategic here. His book is predominantly written to the Jewish listeners, 
And all the Jewish listeners would know that the Messiah would come through the seed of Abraham, the father of their faith. And the same for you and I. And the listeners would approach. And so Matthew sets out on a tremendous map all through chapter 1, all the way through Jesus, who we know as the Christ, all through the Messiah's lineage. And then in verses 18 through 24, he begins the story in this way. It says, And this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Not Roman law, but Jewish law. And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place. Matthew's doing something strategic here. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. So five, six hundred years, some prophetic identity was written about Jesus. And so here's what we pick up. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Jesus is given the name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. Sometimes in the busyness of Christmas and the season ahead, we do well to push pause and let his name get into our bones, so to speak. That we have a God who did not keep his distance or stand off and away from us, but he entered into our humanity. Matthew 1, 22, the last two, well, a couple of the verses we read, it said, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him name, his name Emmanuel. It was this foretelling, it was this prophetic unction and writing in the scroll of Isaiah that would uh, foretell the coming of the Messiah. And one, one of the dimensions of that was that God would be with us. And so I've heard somebody say, Jesus is God in a bod. It's true. <laughs> Jesus in a manger, not in a palace. Jesus in a stable not in the royal rooms of Herod, was God entering our humanity. This isn't the first time that you and I are invited into the names of God or the nature of God. I'll, I'll put a few out to you that perhaps you're familiar with. Elohim, all right, which simply means mighty one, that shows up in Genesis 1.1. We translate it God. But Elohim, we can bring up that definition if we can. It just, it just means mighty one. It's the Hebrew term. 
God in creation. The second, you, you may know this one well, Jehovah Jireh. This is the God who provides. God who provides. Well, where, where do we get that from? We get it from a famous Hebrew story where Abraham takes Isaac up onto the mount. And God intervenes. The boy is saved. But looking to the side, they see a ram in the thicket, as the King James translates it. And it's in that moment that Abraham, the, the father of our faith, what is he doing? He's not defining for himself, but Holy Spirit inspired. He's defining the nature of God, that God is the one who provides. So we have these pockets, these moments. Another is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. So every time the waters of life get stormy, there's an invitation in front of you if you're willing to see it. God's nature in a storm is the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. And so as we see his names, we're invited to do something profound. It's to take him at his word, to take his scripture for granted. I think God often is anticipating and delights when you and I take God, God's word for granted. That we can know that in the trials, the situations, the difficulties of life, there's God's nature in that. And so Emmanuel, God with us. I, wanna, I, I, I don't want to poke around a little bit in your mind. I know better than that most of the time. But I think about it. I want you to just to think about it. Just, just, just go here with me. Let's have a little, little, little fun in our imagination. Um, I, don't, I don't want you to enter into your past. But I, what I want to do is I want to propose you're, you're a child at home. And your dad is on the property. Okay? And I want to propose three ways of understanding your father and his role in your life. Just for a moment. The first is present. Just one word, present. And this is, you have a picture of your dad on the property. All right? You may be playing video games. You may be building Legos. You may be walking around grabbing some breakfast. And dad is present. He may be mowing the lawn. He, he may be catching his breath, listening to some music in his car in the driveway. All right, he may be taking a nap. All you know is, okay, okay, he's present. The second is, dad's available. And this is you have a knowledge that he is available when you need him. Not a whole lot of interaction. Um, it, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of back and forth. But, you know, if you scratch your knee, he knows where the neosporin is most days and the band-aids. He can put two and two together and help you with a wind. Or when you're super, super hungry, you could go, hey, Dad, what, can, can you fix me a snack? So he's available. That's pretty good, right? That's better than present. You have available. But then there's this other one, and that is intentional. And intentional is you live with an awareness that your dad has affection towards you, 
that he is intentionally pouring identity into you. He may even, for you ladies, call you princess. For you men, stud. I don't know, right? <laughs> that's your dad, right? That, that's the intentional father. I've been a pastor for a long time. And almost everybody I interact with is living with one of those three frameworks in their mind. <laughs> Unless they don't believe in God, okay? That's another. And, and I find that too at times. So we're spiritually journeying through life, carrying the weights, carrying the burdens, navigating the difficulties of life. Imagine with me, your understanding of God is that He's present. And this was propagated in the last 200 years. That God is up in heaven, seated on a throne, which He is, which He is. But the basic premise is, Genesis 1-1, He just kind of flicked earth into orbit and said, good luck. So, you come to church, you come to worship, you come to a sermon, you get involved in small groups, but here's, here's, here's your framework of thinking. God is present. You love those things. They infuse you. You keep coming. I love those things. You keep coming. But your awareness of God never goes beyond that. So you sit in a message at Christmas time, and the pastor says, Emmanuel, God with us. Your subconscious is like, of course God is with us. He's the Santa Claus with the flowing beard who is sitting up on heaven in, in heaven. And every once in a while, one of my one million prayer requests get answered just enough to let me know he's there. Whew, thank you, Lord. He's present. But then for some of us, our understanding of Emmanuel and God with us is not only present, all of a sudden he's available. So now things are getting a little bit better. And so we're praying to him a little bit more, getting a little more engaged. And we have no hesitancy, you know, shooting that prayer request. That's my Hawkeye impression. Y'all been enjoying Hawkeye? I know I have. So that's fine. Disney Plus, you're welcome. Hawkeye impression. There's me shooting my prayer request to God. And there's a 50-50 chance it'll get there. And let me say that, that is better than a present understanding. It really is. But I'd propose to you what God is inviting you into right now is that you would know him in an intentional way. That you would understand that God wants to be near you and with you every moment of the day. That I confidently say to you, there's not a situation you are in that he is unaware of. There's not a circumstance you faced and are facing in this moment that he is half-hearted in his affection towards you. I believe God is holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly invested in your life. That the coming of the Christ, Jesus, entering our humanity 
is the belovedness of God making his mark and moving in our midst. I was listening to a message which our pastors, you know, we do from time to time. We listen to other pastors and speakers. And I like this proposition. The speaker was talking and he said, what if it isn't a faith problem? What if it is a love problem? That in this moment, you may be facing something and you're thinking it's a faith thing, but God wants you to pivot and see how loved you are by Him. Faith, a lot of times, can have a bit of striving towards it. I know it has certainly in my life. But what if we pivot and we just become aware of how deeply loved we are by God? I want to propose to you that's the good news. The good news is not, hey, Dad's on the property. The good news is not, hey, when you're hungry, he's available. The good news is, God got up this morning. He went to the refrigerator. And as he's pulling it open, he looks to the left, and he's got a framed picture of you hanging right there. And he's saying, there's my beloved daughter. There's my beloved son. And he may be saying, let's have some fun. Let, 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 let's get some things going. Let's, let's work some things out in their life. Many times I think we're way too comfortable with the distance. God wants us to be comfortable with his nearness in and through our lives. It is how I understand the gravity of Emmanuel, that God is with us. The three ways we understand it, the first is, of course, in the physical sense. Almost all history, irrespective of anybody's spirituality, they will agree, yes, Jesus came. They can mark the date. They can, they can at least roughly, they can see. You could go visit the sites and see. I've been to the Holy Land. It's amazing. You should go. Maybe we'll all go together sometime. I don't know. But you could go to Bethlehem. I've, I've been to Bethlehem. I've been to the Church of the Nativity and, and experienced that. And, and it's holy. You can get a sense of God's presence. But nobody, even people who don't believe in God, they, they, they will go. They can see physically that Jesus, the one Christians say, God who entered into humanity. That's, that's a way many, most of our culture understands Christianity is born in Bethlehem, right? We, we, we profess in the Apostles' Creed. What do we say? We say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. There are ways, right, we understand. And then, then the next step is not, oh, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a picture. It's, it's to begin to the to step into the wonder and all of the theological implications. Come on, those that are forgiven today, you remember what that first felt like? That, oh, you're, you're reading Isaiah and reading in the New Testament and that passage, all like sheep have gone astray. All, all of us are in need. And Jesus came to set us free to forgive us. And you taste and see that, that God is good. And so you... you, you 
understand the theological, if you will, ramifications. But then there's this extra layer. It's the invitation to us today that we can experience Emmanuel personally. That we can know that we know that we know the nature of God towards us. As a pastor, the temptation is to only memorize Scripture and to understand all sorts of doctrine and theological perspectives. And to be honest with you, I kind of love a lot of that stuff. But I would say what is so important is that we never lose sight that the Bible is the Word, amen? But the Word who became flesh is Jesus Christ. And that the Bible leads us to understand the nature of God. See, I bump into people sometimes and they know the passages, they know the Scripture, they, they, they can quote. They can quote every possible scripture over their circumstance. But they haven't taken the time to rest in God's presence and receive his nature over their life. Paul proposes in Ephesians chapter 3, 16 through 19. He uses the word no, K-N-O-W. But most of us speak in English. And so... If you don't know this, let me surprise you. Your Bible was not written in English. All right? It wasn't. It was written in Greek. And the word no, K-N-O-W, let me throw you for a moment. It's an intimate word. And you can even trace it back to the Hebrew Scriptures when Adam and Eve were created. And Adam knew Eve. It's called gnosko. And Paul says, I would pray, I would believe, I would trust that you would gnosko the love of God. How wide, how high, how deep is his affection towards you. And so God has this playing out sometimes in my life personally for sure. But I'll give you a an example, um, I have two daughters, my wife and I have two daughters, and our 10-year-old, she knows Gnosko, mom and dad, a little bit better than our six-year-old. It's been a little more experience, she's had a little bit more life. <laughs> there are some days that, yeah, dad's just on the property. Amen, somebody. you you got to have a moment. And then at nighttime, uh, uh, our 10-year-old, you know, it's kind of reaching the phase where, all right, Dad, just pray. I'll see you in the morning. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of there. <clears throat> but our 5-year-old, she's not entirely convinced. Even though we've checked down, down <laughs> not downstairs, under their bed, in the closet, we've checked for all the monsters, and I've you know, I've given her every scripture. You know, we're, we're praying, we're everything. <clears throat> but her inner world is still being convinced. It will be. Don't worry about it. It will be in due course. 
There will come a time where she's so assured of mom and dad's nature that she rolls over, closes her eyes, and tries to hurry me out of the room like our 10-year-old. Well, maybe I should tell you it's because we did a devotional and dad probably preached to her for a while. She's ready. <laughs> Those who know my parents, I get it honest. All right, well, let me... Let me. But you want to know what's kind of cool? I'm the same to both of them. I'm the same to both of them. I would, I don't, I don't know. I would exhaust everything to chase after them if I ever needed to. I would take a bullet, maybe even two, for them. My heart's affection, my love, the inheritance, if you understand, what they get from me is the same. One daughter right now is going to bed at night with a different understanding than my other daughter. Practical terms, I'm not worried about it because they'll both get it. So I want to make sure just for a moment you hear my heart. If you've given your life to Christ, it's all good. It's settled. But there's a chance that in this room, some of you, excuse the symbolism, but you're going to bed at night like my six-year-old. <laughs> Who, oh my goodness. She, she, she's, in, she's in a frame. So right now, she's like, all right, Dad. The noise is outside. They're just cars. Yes. They're just trucks. Yes. They're just motors. Yes. Can we go to bed? She will sometimes get up and say, I, 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 what was that sound? And so it's a whole lot of back and forth. My love's still the same. My heart's still the same. Guess what? I'm patient. Can I tell you? God loves you the same whether your understanding right now is that he's just present on the property or whether your understanding is that he's available. He's the same throughout each one of those processes, through each one of those perspectives. And so it's not a you don't measure up if this is how you view God. That wasn't my spirit or heart at all. My heart is come with us and enter in to God who is influential and intentional in your life. Take the next week, kick the tires a little bit, see how the car drives, start with your perspective being, man, God, Okay, God, this is strange for me because I've just thought about you being on the property. But this pastor just said, you're with me in this moment. Can you help me understand what that means? Can you help me get a sense of that love? He's quite convinced you offer a peace that passes understanding. And I've never felt that peace. So either he's a liar or your word is true. Which one? Those are good conversations to have with God. I don't know if you know that. You, you're, you're, he's, he's very grateful to hear from you. And I don't say any of this as arrogantly. I don't say this as haphazardly. I say on my good days, I understand God in this way. And, and through the scriptures, through Jesus, because I'm about to quote Jesus to you. And Jesus' final prayer before he would go to the cross 
In John 17, verse 26, I want you to hear God's heart towards you. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. You can enter Garden of Gethsemane at peace knowing the love of God is towards you. It's no problem surrendering all of your life when you know how beloved you are by God. Lands up, it's no problem giving your life from what Jesus shows when you know how beloved you are by God. Our prayer for you this Christmas. Let me say this. My prayer for you (laughs) this Christmas season that you would know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know God is with you and loves you. There's not a place you can step anywhere on this planet that God's thought about and said, you know what? Today, let's be a (laughs) no-show. No. There's no difficulty you're walking in right now. That God's absent or disinterested. You are W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy loved by God. And it's on display in the most profound ways around this season of life. Where globally, over 2 billion people remember. God didn't keep distance. He didn't keep space. But he entered our humanity. One of the differentiating factors of all world religions is grace that was on display through Jesus. Not that we may earn our salvation, but that we may receive the free gift of God. Paul would say that none of us may boast. I love for people to come to Christ. I believe Mark Twain, of all people, was pretty good in that he said, there's two very important days the day you were born and the day you found out why you were born. (laughs) I like to use that from time to time, spiritually speaking. The day you were born, when you got saved, we call it here, being born again or surrendered your life to Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, you'll have that moment. But I think equally as important is the day you find out why you were saved. That you can fully know yourself as the beloved of God. You know, because we'll kick around. We may even grab coffee sometime. You're like, man, I know the blood of Jesus, right? Scripture, all of my sins are forgiven. So many people understand that. But you reach a place as you wake up in the morning and that shame is nowhere to be found because you know you're just so loved. That's what I'm talking about. That it would make the drop from here to hear. All right. I'm done. We're going to pray. God's with you. God loves you. Something, if I can cast a little vision about Hillside, know that we're convinced Emmanuel is an invitation into the nature of God.
And know this, <laughs> you keep sticking around, you keep getting plugged in, it's going to begin to rub off on you. That you would walk with a greater understanding, a greater knowledge of the love and the hope and the peace that God brings. God's with us. Let's pray.